Hey, beauty lovers and fellow entrepreneurs. I'm Yegi, the owner and founder of Yegi Beauty. Within five years of being my own boss, I was able to grow Yegi Beauty into a multi-million dollar company. This podcast is where I share what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur in the beauty industry. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Yegi Project. Today, we have Sohab on our podcast, and we're so excited to welcome him to speak about social media marketing in specific to the beauty industry and eyelash extensions. Today, I want you to tell us who are you and what do you do, Sohab? Yes, yes. Thank you so much, first off, for having me on. And um, so pretty much, uh, I am the owner and CEO of Lash Launch. So we help lash artists get clients through paid ads. Okay. Yes. So plain and simple, right? <laughs> I yeah, like honestly. it. I'm like, very specific. That's great. <laughs> um, okay, so we'll get more into the exactly how you accomplish that and how you can help lash artists out to grow their business. But before that, um, what is the best part of being an entrepreneur? The best part is, well, first off, the flexibility. And the crazy thing is like, I prefer working 120, 140 hours a week. Like I couldn't do a nine to five. I need to work 16, 18 hour days. So I like that I could make my own schedule and control my destiny. You know, there's no cap to what I could do. I can help as many people as I want. And there isn't a nine to five shift. Like I'm always thinking about work. How can I improve my product? How can I help more people? So that's my favorite part of being an entrepreneur. Awesome. And what would you say the worst part is for you? Worst part is of being an entrepreneur would definitely be the the feeling of being a fraud. You know, like, um, <laughs> right? Like think, thinking like, yes, why should anyone... I totally know what you mean. <laughs> why, why should anyone listen to me? So that's the one of the worst parts. And the second part is like the, um, I, like uh, hoping you're going to be good every month. You know, like the, the uncertainty of how... The oh, yes, gonna... of the money coming in. <laughs> <laughs> and the uncertainty of like what's going to happen in the market or what, what might go wrong this time. You know, so a lot of uncertainty, but, you know, you kind of get used to it. If, if that makes yes. sense, a little bit, you kind of get used to it. You become a better planner, I think, in order for you to, you know, the the months or weeks that are not as good as other months, um, you get better at planning for those. Um, yes. But yes, and I like to talk a little bit about the um, the feeling like a fraud. I feel like even the lash artists or any entrepreneur like go through that phase and. Um, and it's really tricky to maneuver because people don't talk about it. And when people are speaking or working and when we see them on social media, we think of them as professionals and we take their word for it, what they're saying. But behind the scenes, people like us as well that are CEOs of our own company, we do sometimes sit down and question like, wait, like, am I doing the right thing? And we do start questioning ourselves thinking, you know, I'm... Like, why are people going to listen to me? Am I the professional that I put out to be, right? So I think that's a good lesson for everybody else out there to, to kind of ignore. Like, my advice to them would be just ignore those feelings and do your best and always aim to learn more about your your position or what you're doing in order for you to feel more and more and more confident about what you're talking about or what you're doing. What would your advice be to to people out there who feel like they might 
be a fraud as we yeah I, I would say um no one like not everyone no one has it figured out you know like that's the biggest thing that got me past it like I look up to my mentors and when I see them talk I'm like oh they don't even know what they're doing they just do but the thing that that separates winners from other people are they do it you know they take exactly. the risk they take the chance they they put that ad up they talk to the client so that's the biggest thing is like no one really knows what they're doing taking they're action doing. right that's the key word they're taking yeah. action <laughs> taking action and then to realize no one knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so that would be my advice like we are we're all trying to figure it out <laughs> that's awesome yes i i actually that's a great way of putting it because no matter where you're at with yourself or your company you're always trying to figure out how to get better or you know move up <laughs> so i think that's exactly that's that's really true. No one really knows what they're doing half the time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So once we all realize that, it's, it put, makes us more confident. You know, like we think, like we look at a yagi and we're like, "Oh, she's killing it." It's like, we, but you, we don't know like the uncertainty you might have. But the thing is that you're still showing up every day. You're applying yourself. You're learning. So that's the difference. Exactly. Well, thank you for, you know, sharing that. I think that's very helpful for our, our listeners. Um, but moving on, what would you say that's one thing that most people don't know about you or your brand? One thing is, so they think it's just me. So what they don't know is the reason I'm in this industry in the first place was because of my wife. So we moved from Virginia to California and she needed clientele. So I was doing fitness marketing at the time. That was my first career was fitness marketing. And then she was like, can you try to run an ad for me? See if I can get some clients. Cause she had zero. So then I ran an ad, so like, like, like we were talking about, I took action first week, she booked 25 people. And I was wow. like, okay, we, we might be onto something. You know? <laughs> so, um, that's, that's what, a, a lot of a story for her. Yeah. <laughs> so then two months go by, she's still using like my, using me pretty much and then she's getting a ton of clients doing really well and then that's how we actually got started all from an accident like this was that's not planned great. this was not like this is not a planned thing this is complete accident yes you know you may call it an accident or you got lucky with it but i really do believe somehow you guys attracted that into your life and this is your your thing now so be, because of her business you now have your own business which is amazing to see that you guys can um bounce back off of each other's success that's sure, that's very sure. yeah she's she and she's helping me every day and she's helping us grow and it's a it's a great team effort you know that's great well um awesome so what is um let's see what is one challenge that you guys overcame but initially thought it would have been impossible <laughs> to the, do that the biggest challenge was people thinking we're a scam and what is this guy doing in the lash industry so that was really <laughs> tough to overcome that day of like, why, what are you doing here? And what, what do you do? You know? So that was the biggest challenge for us to overcome. It's really but, you know. hard. I like, I can't imagine cause it's really hard. Cause like I personally get so many scam emails and calls yes. and after a while you just start ignoring them. Right. And there is a lot of people out there who are also, they're not scams, but they're trying to get to the audience which in your case are the lash artists and um they have a hard time like just making that breakthrough so i well, how did you overcome that yeah honestly i mean and how are the, you still currently like trying to overcome that? yeah 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 so so the biggest thing that, that i take pride in is you know being vulnerable and being fully transparent like i like i 
my, our business model is very simple. You know, I get straight to the point and I'm very transparent. I have nothing to hide. I share everything on Zoom. So transparency and reviews, you know, I, I always get a testimonial every time. So we have over a hundred reviews and we got that at a very short amount of time. So, you know, just uh, doing my best to be, like I said, just transparency, a hundred percent. How long have you been in business for? Only for about, specific. Yeah, yeah. About uh, May is going to be one year. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> That's yes, the so. hardest. The first year is the hardest to establish <laughs> everything. The first year was very hard. And the first two months were the most difficult, like getting people to trust us. So that was a lot of working for free, a lot of, um, you know, trying to build trust in every way possible. So yeah, a lot of working for free and transparency. Those are the two ways to get to, I overcame that. That's great. Well, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Um, what is, so this is unrelated to business or your specific niche, which is the social media marketing. Um, but if in the world there's one thing that you can change with the magic wand, what would it be? And you know, your answer doesn't have to be world peace because we all want that. <laughs> <laughs> what would, what would it be? What would it be? It would, if I had a magic wand, it would be to honestly, hmm. That's a great question. <laughs> you can take a moment to think about it. <laughs> what would it be? And There's one thing. And it could be something selfish. That's fine. We're not judging. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll try to keep it into the entrepreneur space, you know, and, and honestly, it would probably be to have everyone be fully transparent. That would be my thing because a lot of people are always hiding things or trying to Ooh, that so, might be tricky. I don't know if I want everybody to be too transparent. So I would say that, you know, because it's so, and to get, have people have more trust, you know, because like right now, everyone's so divided, you know, this whole divide and conquer thing. So I think trust and transparency would fix a lot of things. Okay. I like that. That's definitely one answer I haven't gotten before. So that's great. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, okay, so for anyone that wants to know, how did you get started? Um, you did share that it was a happy accident with putting your ads up um, for your wife and then you got started from there. But can you give us like a little bit more details on your first few steps for since it is an entrepreneurial podcast for people who are interested out there to, you know, like what first few steps they need to take if they have like an idea or a dream? Yeah, so first few steps, would, I mean... First off, I'm very disciplined. So first few steps is, I mean, every day I wake, I'm not saying to do this. This is just what I do. But the thing is, structure equals freedom. So number one is have a good structure. So I wake up every day, 2.55. I'm in the gym by four, home by six, and I work from six to 12. So first things first, have structure. And then that Wait, what time do you wake up? To 2.55. A.M.? A.M. Every day, seven days what? a week. <laughs> yes. okay wow so, super overachiever i'm surprised you're <laughs> walking and you're alive right now if i don't get enough sleep i just want to kill myself <laughs> but no i sleep early though but i sleep early so that's the key to waking up early is sleeping early i'm in bed by seven i read till eight and i sleep at eight i'm like the wow. very yeah. disciplined yeah so very very so that's the key that's one of the biggest keys to growing for me was having structure initially and then um you know, just honestly doing everything. Like people say to try, like to to be careful. So I'm just like, just do whatever, you know? So for I have had at least 10 different businesses that just did horrible. 
you know, whether it was personal training, fitness marketing, moving company, you know, so I've tried a whole bunch of different things until something stuck, you know, so I found, you know, and, and to always be to like, one of my favorite things to do is to help people quit their job, you know, so, so getting over that gap of the fear and to figure out what's the worst that could happen. Um, that's what I'll tell people. Like, everyone's like, I don't want to quit my job and then do my thing. I'm like, okay, what's the worst that could happen? Are you going to go homeless? Probably not. Are you going to die? Probably not. Can you get the job back if you, if it doesn't work out? Yes. So then just do it. So, so yes, yes, that's, that's honestly great advice. It is, it is easy for some people to come to that conclusion and, and to have that mentality, but it does take some work. So it does sound very ideal, you know, for some people, it's way more terrifying for them to be like, I will be fine, you know, let's (laughs) quit. So, um, but, uh, definitely like I agree. And I think that's one big um, thing that entrepreneurs need to learn is having that mentality before anything else. So thank you, you know, for making that clear that literally and any entrepreneur I've met, like I've noticed that this is a repetitive um, thing that they do have the personality of let's go for it. It's going to be fine. And most of the time when we do do that, it does end up being fine. And, and keep but in mind, so sorry to cut you off, keep in mind, it's, it's terrifying. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's terrifying, but the, and the way I like to look at it is like, we're all pretty young, you know, whether you're like, I'm 25 right now, whether you're 25, 35, 45, if we do nothing for the next seven years and just fail, learn, grow, fail, learn, grow, fail, learn, grow. And then seven years later, we could be in a completely different position. So that's one thing. Especially I like. when you're young, you have a lot of time to make mistakes. A lot <laughs> so of go- Right. Yes, exactly. And of course, there's different situations, right? Kids, family, stuff like that. But so that that's what I'll say. Just that's a whole other topic that, you know, we can talk about. But yeah. let's move forward. Um, Actually, that's a great podcast. You know, I need to find an expert in that area <laughs> to invite them over. But let's go back to the social media marketing. So exactly what do you do to help lash artists book appointments? So I do have a lot of people who are connected to me and a lot of them do ask that question. I'm brand new in the city or to the industry. What do I do? Right? So you're saying that you can help them achieve that initial getting booked phase, which is again, the hardest part for new lash artists or new service providers. What, um, and cause I think what you do applies to different and different 100%. like as well. So can you share exactly what you do to accomplish this for them? Yeah, for sure. So, and like I said, our business model is very simple. Like Albert Einstein said, if you can't explain it to a five-year-old, you don't understand it. So what exactly how we help people accomplish things is we will run their paid ads for them and get them 10 to 30 people every day, reaching out to them, asking to book an appointment or for more info about what they do. So, so what are these paid ads you're talking about? Yeah, Can so, you be more specific? For sure, yeah. So as far as paid ads go, so when, when people think of paid ads, they think it's boost post or promotion post. So I want everyone to know, do not do boost and promotion post. Those do What's not What's the work. difference? Yeah, so boost promotion posts are really good for getting you eyeballs and, and getting eyes on your page. But if you run an ad, a paid ad through ad business ads manager, which is the back end of Facebook, which you can also run Instagram ads through it. There you can get super detailed and targeted as far as finding the right clientele for you, whether you're looking for lash clients, nails, hairs, uh, fitness, anything. So you can get detailed. You can target age groups, 
interest, what movies they watch, what TV shows they watch. So you can get very detailed with the business manager compared to the boost post. And have you noticed um, like a significant difference between the amount of people coming in with the, um, I guess, with the back end setup ads versus the boosted ads that people do from, you know, for themselves? 100%. Yeah, with the boost post, you know, it's very open and it kind of just shows your page to whoever might look at it, but it doesn't convert to paid clients, you know, because first off, they might be very far from your location. You can't get really targeted with location and you can't target your ideal clientele. So boost post is good if you're trying to get maybe some more followers or eyeballs or like get a, a, a post to get much more views. But as far as converting to clientele, I highly, highly recommend ads. It's not as targeted. That's what you're saying. Even though, because with the boosted post, we can select like a city or a state and then we can do like a bigger age group, you know, but what you're saying is the boosted posts are not as targeted and it's just the way they run um, is not as effective as an actual setup post. As as far as converting to clientele, yes, 100%. Like you were saying. You can get um, age group, location, and that's as far as the boost post goes. But with the ads manager, you can get movie shows, interest, have they bought anything on Facebook the past seven days. You can get like insanely, like if they have a birthday coming up, um, are they married? Are they single? What's their income? You could target like super detailed, kind of in a scary way. So that's why I highly recommend ads manager. Okay, perfect. So how about um, any uh, and anything else? Do you work with Google Ads as well or is it mainly the Facebook's ads manager that you use? So mainly, so the way I like to do it, I like to be an expert on, some, on one thing. So yeah, for me, it's solely Facebook and Instagram paid ads. Google Ads work great, but, um, I but just, they're I, different. They're <laughs> different, exactly. And I think they are more targeted. I would recommend them for like uh, hairstylists but like nails and lashes, you know, you're scrolling. It's a little more targeted for hairstylists. That might be better for them to get ranked up. But yeah, I mean, Yelp reviews are great. All social medias and stuff like that are great. But I'm just, I want to be an expert on paid Yeah, ads. so for you, you specialize on mainly the Facebook and Instagram ads through the uh, Facebook ads manager. I think they're called Meta ads manager. Meta. No, right? they switched it on us. They switched it on us. They yeah, did switch it on us. Um, yes, but from my experience too, within the business too, um, all of that works really well. And honestly, um, I have noticed a big difference between our boosted posts versus like the actual setup posts from an ads manager. And, um, but also Google ads too, like they work well too. They're kind of similar, but they do target on a different platform. Um, so exactly. anybody that's, I guess, interested in doing that too. So you would also find somebody else who helps you with Google ads, but specifically we have Shohab here to talk, um, through like the Instagram and Facebook. And like he said, I do believe most of, um, our, target audience is on Instagram and Facebook. Now we do see a little bit of a shift to TikTok, but from my experience too, like I've noticed the ones that really would convert to customers will probably be through Instagram and Facebook. TikTok, even though it's fun and it can be, get a lot of exposure. Um, I haven't noticed as much if they would convert to customers, but again, very new. We're still doing our analytics. On the back end for us too, um, but that's that's awesome. Are you are you running TikTok ads? 
We're no, we're only doing the ones that we can do ourselves. Honestly, we haven't had a lot of time to do it very professionally just yet. So we've just been doing kind of the boosted TikTok ads. Um, and I know there's a way to also do it through our um, Shopify platform to partner with TikTok, but haven't fully dived in yet. Well, 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 I'll definitely love to help because yeah, I'm I'm working on the TikTok ads now. We're gonna launch that service probably oh, in the next great. few months. But the, the thing that scares me is TikTok and Instagram gets us the younger clientele that might not be returning or serious clients. Facebook is by far the best clientele as far as they're a little bit older, they're a little bit more serious, and those usually end up being long term clients. Instagram, TikTok is a lot of younger age group demographic and window might shoppers. might not have the budget for exactly. a luxury service. Like, and, and window shoppers, you know? You know I, that so, makes sense, honestly. So thank you for sharing. Like that was your finding when you were working with the ads. Um, and uh, I, I, ha I would have to agree, honestly. Um, but this is also a reminder for me as well, because sometimes we forget about Facebook um, in our the younger generations. We forget about Facebook because we're not on it as much. It's not as trendy. So we do push to do our more posts on Instagram and TikTok nowadays. But there is a missed opportunity on Facebook. 100%. So that's something that's something that, you know, I appreciate as the reminder for you too, for us too, because we can, we can push a little on Facebook as well. I don't even know the last time I looked at our Facebook. To be and, honest. and honestly, the best thing is you don't even have, like, I don't use Facebook. I have never used it. So, but the thing is you can just have a page connected to your Instagram. So every time you post on Instagram, it goes directly to your Facebook page and you can just forget about it. But you know, Facebook, what we do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Facebook owns Instagram. So if you run an ad on Facebook, they'll eventually find you on Instagram and through the ads manager, you can just run Instagram ads through that. But at least it's very targeted. So, um, but yeah, that, that's the best thing about Perfect. Facebook. A lot of people don't use it. So it's like a blue ocean. People forgot about it, you know? Yes, yes. But a lot of people are still on Facebook. And exactly. like you said, maybe the little bit older generation that is ready and stable and has the money to spend on services like eyelash extensions yes um awesome so one question about that because i know that's what like my my like listeners would be wondering about how much budget or how much money would you need to get started with your company to start at least like the baseline to start advertising uh, with the ads manager yeah yeah i always recommend if you as long as you're comfortable spending about 20 to $26 a day on Facebook, you'll be ready to go because that's about 180 a week. That's one book client a week. And then that covers your ad budget. Some of my clients, the first three to five days on average book between five to 15 people. So if you book six people in the first five days, you just made your ad budget for the whole month and then everything else is just profit from there. So as long as you, you're comfortable with that, uh, it's definitely beneficial. And if you don't have that budget, honestly, Instagram is, is a great avenue to take. And one of the things I think I was reading earlier today is the biggest mistake I see lash artists make on Instagram is they don't put their name in their post at all, like in their page. So you don't even know their name and they don't post themselves. Those are the two biggest mistakes I see people making that once you change that, you, you'll start booking a lot more on Instagram building. And what you and I talked about trust, building trust. Yes. So can you um explain that again? Um, I'm not too clear. So what do you mean putting their name on their post? Like on the physical picture? On, on their page, on their page. I'm sorry. Yeah, like like on their page, it might just say, um, 
beauty last bar and then you won't even know who the owner is or the name even though they're oh, a solo like artist the person behind the person. The company. yeah okay. behind the company so that's the one of the biggest mistakes i see people make we don't even know who owns the company so that's one and uh, posting themselves you know whether it's getting on reels i know a lot of people are uncomfortable with the camera getting on yeah. reels take a picture so that's that's the two biggest things if they if they didn't have the budget make sure you're really doing the right things on instagram to to get the most clientele yes because um like i'm sure you're mentioning these things because as humans we do like to see the human side of a business too we want to have that connection and build that trust like you mentioned so i think that's why those probably do well if we do see the person behind the company yeah because people people buy points yeah people buy from people they like you know we don't buy from the cokes or the nike anymore we buy from yegi or so you know we buy from people we like so that's i think big businesses are in for a very tough and that's the transition i've been kind of seeing too so that's very good to be aware of and keep in mind for all our listeners and all the small business owners out there who you know need a little extra hope it looks like things are going more our way compared to big corporations yeah so that that and big corporations don't catch up with that i mean why do you think like the insurance companies have progressive flow or the lizard or the geico right the gecko thing so because they're putting a face to the company so if big businesses don't make that shift the small businesses are going to just take over yeah yeah you're right awesome so what are the um um uh, we did talk about this a little bit, but I don't know if there's anything else you want to share. But what are the key things that someone should remember when creating an ad? Yeah, key things would be don't have too many words on the actual creative. Keep the words for the ad copy. So that's one big mistake. Um, number two is make the ad copy conversational. Don't just say, hey, lashes, 20% off, book an appointment below. So that's like the worst ad copy. The ad copy needs to be about how it's going to benefit the end user. So ad copy needs to be conversational about them. And then, um, and then the ad and the cop, the ad is one thing, but then the back end process that everyone forgets about. Everyone's so worried about, let me get a good picture or a good ad that works. But if you get a ton of messages and you don't know how to convert them or you don't have a process on the back end, you're not going to book anybody, no matter how good or bad the ad is. Does that make sense? So do you guys help with that process as well? Or you do the ads and then um, uh, leave it to the to them. to them, yeah. No, yeah. So, so of course, we'll 100% help with the back end. So we automate it. So they'll click the ad and then they go into your meta business suite. So then we'll find out whether they've had it before or not automatically. So like two automated questions. Then we have a script or fundamentals that we teach when messaging to book the actual appointment. As long as you follow the fundamentals, you'll be good. Okay, so you do set them up or at least guide them of exactly what What? they need to do once that um, prospect kind of comes to them in the Facebook Messenger. 100%. and um, I just want to explain for people who are not too familiar with the the uh, the back end um, ad suite. So the, what he meant by automation is he can set it up or we can set it up where based on what the customer says, it automatically can reply to them. So if they say, I'm interested in eyelash extensions, it will say, okay, great. Would you like classic volume or hybrid, right? So um, it's really cool how technologies advance and, um, and people like Showhub can really like help set all that up to make our lives easier because when you're a um, 
provide like service provider you don't want to worry about all that back end stuff okay so you might even be able to do all that yourself and this is my advice from starting small and growing is yes i wanted to do everything myself and i want to like save as much money right but at the end of the day that's taking time away from me and if this is something that's new to me by the time i learn it by the time i do it it's gonna definitely not be like effective and cost effective for my time i rather like hire somebody to do that for me and I can focus on what I do best and if that's like providing the service and and one more thing too as far as like you learning and getting caught up on it while you're learning and getting caught up on it on the other end you might have a professional like myself that's spending well over a hundred thousand dollars a month on ads working with over a hundred people a month so I know where the industry is going as far as how to make the creatives or what to say so by the time you catch up, I'll be another three miles a- ahead because I'm already I'm doing it every day and I'm spending so much money learning what's working in the industry, you know? Okay, awesome. So um, we are running short on time. I want to end the podcast here. I think everybody um, got a lot of good information about ads where they can um, get started and why they should consider it. Um, can you tell them how they can reach you and also, um, what is your consultation process? Um, and I don't know if you want to share, you said they need about a budget about like 25, $26 a month, uh, a, a day to spend on their ads, but is there a fee that you charge? Um, or do you share that off the top or would they need to set up an appointment with you to get all that figured out? Yeah, yeah no, sure. As far as following us, so just follow at last launch. And then we have a, a landing page. Just go into the page, read it, see if you like it, and then book your consultation. And as far as budget goes, everyone truly, like I'm not saying this, everyone truly is different, you know, because some people only need five or 10 people. Some need 25 or 40. So on that consultation call, we'll come up with the best game plan to see what benefits you the most. I would definitely recommend if you don't have at least a thousand to spend, which is very low end, that's only five or 10 clients, you know, it might be very beneficial for you to, to book the consultation and see if it's the right move for you. Okay, great. And um, just a general rule of thumb for small business owners out there, um, it is good to spend at least 10% of your revenue on ads or on marketing. So um, it's thousand depending on how much you're making with your current clients or how much you hope to make and to invest within your business. It does seem actually reasonable, if not, um, you know, very doable and for, for a business to get going and, and very profitable and very profitable yes and if done right uh, if done right okay <laughs> well you're gonna have to prove that to everybody that um reaches out to you sure. so that that part um you will have to show them so they can come back to you <laughs> but um Thank you so much for being on the podcast and thank you for your time. I'm going to go ahead and sign off here and we'll be in touch to talk about other things. <laughs> for sure. Yagi, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to working with you in the future. And again, thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Please rate and review this podcast. Follow and engage with us on social media under the Yegi Project. And if you're interested in being a guest, email info at theyegiproject.com. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes.